Hi, this is Pastor Nelson Mercado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast from the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I hope you are blessed by today's message. Our gracious loving Father, this morning we are reminded again about your love and your mercy and your grace. The gift of Jesus as we celebrate Christmas, the gift of love. Lord, we are not worthy of anything, but we have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And we can have that assurance today and always. Speak to us this morning. It is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, last uh, yesterday morning, I uh, got up just after 6 o'clock to uh, walk the dog. And as, uh, as the dog was finished and I'm going back inside the house, there on, you know, on the distance, I hear this loud boom. I don't know if any of you heard this boom. If you were, of course, closer to Nashville. I mean, we were, in, we were in Laverne, and we still heard it. I still heard it. And so it's interesting, uh, you know, how we were talking about this, and I've seen some posts on, online, because uh, we know how the year started you know, with COVID and everything, but we, were, we, we started also with the tornado. You may remember the tornado back in March and all that destruction. And so uh, there was a statement on, online from a, a fellow church member that said, basically, here we go again. And it seems uh, there's just bad news after bad news after bad news. And, and of course, when, when, when there are this kind of news, people talk about it. That's, that's all they're talking about. It. In fact, you know, we got a few phone calls from family members yesterday because they heard Nashville and this, that, and the other. So they, are you guys okay? Is there anything that, that we have to share that's good news? Well, I want to share with you a story today. It's titled A Slice of Life, and it's written by Carol McAdoo Remy. Jean heaved another world-weary sigh, tucking a strand of her shiny black hair behind her ear. She frowned at the teetering tower of Christmas cards waiting to be signed. But what was the point? How could she sign only one name? A couple required two people, and she was just one. The legal separation from her husband had left her feeling vacant and incomplete. Maybe she skipped the Christmas cards this year and the holiday decorating. Truthfully, even the trees felt like more than she could handle. She canceled out of a Carolyn party and the Christmas uh, the, uh, the church's nativity pageant. Christmas was meant to be shared and she had nobody to share it with. The doorbell's insistent ring startled her. Padding to the door in her thick socks, she cracked it open against a frigid December night. She peered into the empty darkness of the porch, and instead of a friendly face, something that she could use right about now, she found only a, a jaunty green gift bag perched on the railing. And from whom, she wondered, and why? Under the bright kitchen light, 
She pulled out handfuls of shredded gold tinsel, feeling for a gift. Her fingers plucked an envelope at the bottom of the bag. Inside of it was a typed letter. It was a story. The little boy was new to the Denmark's orphanage, and Christmas was drawing near, she read. She got caught up in the tale, so she settled in a kitchen chair. From the other children, the boy heard a wondrous story about a, a tree that would appear in, in, on the hallway on Christmas Eve. Scores of candles would light up its branches. He heard stories of, of the mysterious benefactor that made it all possible. Boy's eyes widen at the thought of all that splendor. The only time he had seen a Christmas tree was through the fogged windows of other people's homes. And there was more. Instead of the orphanage's regular fare of gruel, each child would be served a fragrant stew and crusty warm bread on that special night. Last and best of all, each child would receive a special holiday treat. He would line up with the other children to get his very own. Jean turned the page. And instead of a continuation, she was startled to read, everybody needs to celebrate Christmas. Wouldn't you agree? Watch for part two. She refolded the piece of paper as a, as a faint smile teased a corner of her mouth. The next day, she was so busy that she hardly thought about the story. That evening, she would race home from work. Uh, if she hurried, she would have enough time to decorate the mantle. She picked up the box of garland, only to drop it at the sound of the doorbell. Opening the door, she found herself looking at a red gift bag. She reached for it eagerly and pulled out the piece of paper to get his very own orange. An orange? That's the treat? She thought incredulously. An orange? Of his very own? Yes. There would be one apiece. The boy closed his eyes against the wonder of it all. A tree, candles, a filling meal, and an orange of his very own. He knew the smell, tangy and sweet, but just the smell. He had sniffed oranges before at the marketplace. Once he even dared to rub a single finger on its brilliant poked skin. He fancied for days that his hand still smelled like an orange. But to taste one, to eat one, heaven. The story ended abruptly, but Jean didn't mind because she knew more would follow. The next day, she, was, she waited anxiously for the doorbell to ring, and she wasn't disappointed. This time, though, the embossed gold gift bag was heavier than the ones before. 
She tore into the envelope resting on top of tissue paper. Christmas Eve was all that the children had been promised. The piney scent of fur competed with the aroma of lamb stew and homey yeast bread. Scores of candles diffused the room with golden halos. And the boy watched in amazement as each child eagerly claimed an orange and politely said thank you. The line moved quickly, and he found himself standing in front of a towering tree and an equally imposing headmaster. Too bad, young man. Too bad. The count was in before you arrived. It seems there are no more oranges. Next year, yes, next year you'll receive an orange. Brokenhearted, he raced upstairs, empty-handed, and buried his, his head and his tears underneath his pillow. Wait, that's not the way the story's supposed to end? Gene could feel the boy's pain and his loneliness. The boy felt a gentle tap on his shoulder. He tried to still the sobs and the tap became more insistent until at last he pulled out his head from under the pillow. He smelled it before he saw it. The cloth napkin rested on top of the mattress, and inside of it was a peeled orange. It was made up of segments donated from the other children. And together, they made up a whole complete fruit, an orange of his very own. Jean swiped the tears that were coming down her cheek. And she reached inside the gold gift bag and pulled out an orange. It was a foiled, covered chocolate orange divided into segments. And for the first time in a long while, she smiled. She really smiled. She set out to make copies of the story and with it put a segment of the chocolate-covered orange which each copy. There was, there was Mrs. Brooks across the street. She would celebrate Christmas alone for the first time in 58 years. There was Melanie down the block, facing a second round of radiation. Her running partner, Jan, single and raising a difficult teen. Lonely Mr. Bradford, who was losing his eyesight. And Sue, sole caregiver of, a, of an aging mother. A slice from her might make one whole. You know, as we uh, come to the end of this year, many people, perhaps some of you, are glad that 2020 is finally over. Because you're, you're seeking, you're hoping, praying for a better 2021. For many people, this year has been 
probably the worst year that they can remember. Some people have lost their jobs. Others have lost at least part of their income. Others have gotten sick. And still others have lost loved ones on account of this pandemic. And while we have been uh, very fortunate here at Nashville First that none of our, our, our members of our church family died, have died as a direct result of, of COVID, we have had our share of members of our church, family members that have contracted, you know, got the disease. And uh, thankfully, like most people, they have recovered. And yet we have had our share of losses this year of our church family. And we can think of Pat Ward, whom we lost in the summer. And more recently, uh, Raymond Brees. And you know, it is in times like these, when it's easy for us to forget how fortunate we are in spite of our losses, in spite of our challenges. You see, in spite of the challenges that we have faced this year and that we have faced before, and, and, and probably we will continue to face, one thing is sure, one thing has not changed, God is still on the throne. Amen. God is still in control. That has not changed and will not change. Psalm 103.19 says, The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. In spite of the, the losses we have incurred this year or before and, or, or will happen again maybe as the new year starts, one thing we know for sure, one thing we can take comfort in is that God loves us and He's proven that. 1 John 4, 9, our scripture reading in this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In spite of the challenges that we face in this world, the pain, the suffering, the fear, the uncertainty, we can take comfort in knowing that, that God has something better prepared for us. You remember Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what does he say? I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Friends, that is our hope. In fact, Paul calls it our blessed hope. And that hasn't changed in fact, I would submit to you that, 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 in, that in light of the things that we're seeing around us, that, should be, that, that blessed hope should be more and more intense every day because ultimately that is the only solution to the problems of this world. And you see, friends, each of us has a slice of life that we can give to a world that needs it. A world that needs hope. I mean, you can think of many, many people in, in your family or, or perhaps a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker who is going through situations just like in, in the story. They've lost a loved one. They, they are sick. They've lost a job. They, they have no hope. And yet you have a slice of life that you can share with, it, with them. And a slice from you might make one whole. 
slice of life we share is a fact, again, that God is in control, that He's on His throne, that, that in His love, He gave His Son, Jesus, for us, and that soon there's not going to be any more pain or suffering or pandemics or death. That soon we're going home. This is the slice of life that we know. And the slice of life that we can share with those who don't know it. We have experienced the tangy sweetness of a slice of life. And so, you know, I, I think that perhaps in many ways, in this year that has gone by with all the turmoil, maybe we have missed the opportunities to, to share that slice of life. And you know of people around you that, that are hopeless, and, and, and the more things happen, the more tragedy happens, the more hopeless they become. Maybe you've missed that opportunity. But God always gives us chances, right? And so as I, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you as, as this year comes to an end. And sure, we are hoping and praying that 2021 will be better than what 2020 was. But if you're a student of Bible prophecy, you know that's not going to happen. If you're a student of Bible prophecy, you know that things are going to get worse. That, that this has been a fire drill and the fire is still to come. And there will be lots of people losing their hope while you have it. Your slice of life. And a slice from you might make them whole. And so I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you that as 2021 starts, make it a point to share the slice of life with somebody. Because they're going to find hope, the same hope that you have. And this hope that we have, obviously, is based on the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that all who may believe in him may not perish but have everlasting life. The fact that Jesus gave his life for us, that's why we have this hope. And so it is fitting for us to um, celebrate communion service on this last Sabbath of 2020. Because it is through this ceremony, this ritual of communion service, that once again we're reminded of God's love and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. If you're ever in the Nashville area, come and visit us at the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're located at 2800 Blair Boulevard in Nashville, Tennessee. You may also visit us at nfsda.org.